Thank you for listening in to this podcast from Valley View Church. Proverbs 29, verse 18. I want to read first from the New King James Version, and then I want to read the same verse from the King James Version. New King James says it this way, Where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint. But the King James Version says, Where there is no vision, the people perish. I want to share with you a very different kind of word today, and yet a very different kind of approach. Because I'm going to take you about halfway one way, and about midway we're going to shift gears and we're going to go another way. So don't let me lose you somewhere in the middle. But I want to give you a word that I know in my heart. And I told the leadership as we were praying this morning, I said, I want you to be very attentive to the Word of God today. Hear what He's saying to us. And I'm saying to everybody in this room, be very attentive to the Word of God today. Hear what He's saying to us. I believe He wants to speak very intently in our spirit. And it can help us with not only how we enter this new year, but how we serve Him in this new year. How we walk in victory in this new year. How we receive from God. How we are blessed. How miracles will happen in our life this year. Father, I ask you now to bless your word. As we bring forth the word of God today, I pray, Lord, that you will bless your word, this word today. And God, that you will receive glory in everything that happens. You'll receive glory in everything that takes place. Bless the word, Lord, and let the people receive. And I pray that every heart and mind shall be open to hear and receive what you have. But Lord, let us let the word change who we are and what we are and do a work in us this day. And Father, we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated this morning. I want to share with you for a few moments today on this thought, embracing new vision. Embracing new vision. I want to take from what we said in Proverbs 29 and verse number 18. Where there is no vision, the people perish. Can I tell you that where there is no vision, there is no life. Where there is no vision, there is no future. Where there is no vision, there is no hope. And where there is no vision, there is no power. So you have to understand where there is no vision, there's a lot of no's. There's a lot of things that cannot happen where vision does not abound. But where vision is found, life is. Where vision is found, hope is is where vision is found there is a future where vision is found there is power amen and can i tell you that vision will clarify your passion for god anyone can be passionate about anything can i get an amen you can be passionate about anything in your life. You can be passionate about hunting. You can be passionate about fishing. You can be passionate about your family. You can be passionate about your job. You can be passionate about all kind of things in your life. But I ask you this this morning. Are you passionate about things that really matter? Even though we can be passionate about different things in our life, are you passionate about the things that really make a difference in your life? 
when we have a God-directed vision, we begin to be passionate about the things that truly matter in life. We start giving up our desire to pursue God's desire. We start giving up our plans to pursue the plan of God for our life. We start letting go of our agenda, and we begin to push God's agenda. God-centered and God-directed vision get our passions clarified from the things that really are meaningless. I want you to hear that. When we get a God-centered, God-directed vision, it takes our passions away from the meaningless things and it gets our passions focused upon the things that really matter, which are the things of God. Vision provides perspective. Vision offers productivity. Vision defines purpose. Vision increases possibilities. I like that. So it tells us that where there is vision, there is things are happening and things are taking place. And when purpose comes in and possibilities come in, all manner of things can happen in your life. I want to ask you a question this morning and I want you to hear it closely. What is your vision for the ministry you participate in for the year 2020? Everybody in this church is involved in ministry in some manner. Now you may not teach a connect group class or you may not be as far as a, a leader of a particular ministry in the church, but everybody in this church is involved in ministry in some way. Whether it's the ministry of witnessing or whether it's the ministry of just going out and sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ on the job site where you are. So every one of us are involved in some way in ministry. But I want you to hear that question again. What is your vision for the ministry you participate in for the year 2020? And I want to talk to you for a few minutes about vision for ministry. Number one, vision for ministry takes disciplined effort. When we have a God-given vision, it sets us to purpose that vision with the attitude to accomplish it. The church, and I want to just say this to you, we have to take on an attitude and a focus to finish and to accomplish what we have purposed through vision with God. God will give you a vision. God will give you a purpose. God will give you a plan. But you have to take on an attitude to accomplish what God gives you. God can give it to you, but that does not mean that it's going to be fulfilled. It does not mean that it's going to happen. You have to take on an attitude that I'm going to do what God has set forth for me to do in my life. The church sometimes get in, gets into coast mode and begins to rely on things already done. Don't you hear this closely? We get involved in that coast mode. And when we get into coast thinking, we rob ourselves and we rob God. Why? Because we rob ourselves of the greater things of the Lord. We rob ourselves of the deeper things that God has planned for our life. We rob ourselves of the greater blessings that God has designed for us. And we rob God because we're not fulfilling our potential that He has given us. 
God has a plan and a purpose for each and every life and each and every individual in this room. And I just want to say this while I'm here. You may have failed in your plan and purpose in 2019, but when, as you enter into 2020, can I tell you, it can turn around in your life and what seemed to be a failure in the past can become the greatest successes in your life in this new year as you enter in for the glory of God. We need to give God our best every single week in everything that we do. We need to give God our best in everything that we do in our life. We need to stop thinking that things are good enough. Now, I want to just stop right there before I finish that statement. Too often we feel like things are good enough. And they don't need to be any better. They don't need to change. They don't need to be any different. I want to just stop and tell you, too many churches have gotten stuck in ruts over the years and never really gone anywhere, never really done anything, and never really accomplished a lot for the Lord because they got into a place where they felt like things were good enough. I want to just stop and tell you right now, it's never good enough. There's always more that can be accomplished. There's always more that can be done. There's always more necessity in the kingdom of God. I hope you're hearing this. And I want to say it again. We need to stop thinking that things are good enough and start taking a serious look at how we can improve and how we can do more in the kingdom. God deserves better than our good enough efforts. Amen? 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 God deserves more than our good enough efforts. God is worthy of our very best efforts week in and week out, day after day in our life. This thinking should apply to everything that we do because our lives reveal the work of God. Your life reveals the work of God in everything you do. Are you giving your best in your work life? Are you giving your best in your ministry service? Are you giving your best in your family life? Because let me tell you, whether you realize it or not, everything you do reveals the work of God. If you're giving your best in the work life, it reveals the work of God. If you're giving your best in ministry, it reveals the work of God. If you're giving your best in your family, it reveals the work of God. I told the ministry team this morning, I told them, I said, now, I can't answer anybody else, but I'm asking God to do a work in me this year. I'm asking God to help me with my attitude. I'm asking God to help me with my focus. I'm asking God to help me with my vision. I'm asking God to help me with every part of me. And the things about me that are not right, that are not good, that are not in order, I'm asking God to change them. But the things that are right, that are in good order, what they're supposed to be, God make them even better. But God, I want you to do something new in my life, and I want to give you my very best efforts in everything that I do, whether it's in ministry or my family or wherever I am, let me give you my best. There should be a disciplined effort in everything that we do. Amen. But I'm going to make a statement here. It's very important this morning. There should be a disciplined effort in everything that we do within the church. Now I'm going to deal with us for a short few moments. 
There should be a discipline with everything we do in the house of God. We need to remember that we are not just serving the church, and we're not just serving others in the church. We are serving Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen? So let me say that one more time. We're not just serving the church, and we're not just serving others within the church. We are serving Jesus, and that's why we do what we do. That's who we are. Amen. Can we honestly say that we're giving our best all the time to Jesus? Think about that for a minute. That's why this year needs to be so very, very different. This decade needs to be so very, very different. This moment, this time needs to be so very, very different. This opportunity needs to be so very, very different. Are we giving God our best all the time? Or are we just giving it to him part-time? Or are we giving it to him at all? If you have an assigned place in the church, are you doing your assigned duties with an attitude that you're serving Jesus with everything that you do? If you have an assigned place, are you doing it as if you're serving Jesus in what you're doing? Now, I'm going to tell you as a pastor of church, there's one thing I've learned. When you're a pastor of church, you learn how to do a lot of things. You learn how to clean toilets. You learn how to mop floors. Some people think pastors don't ever do anything like that. You ought to be around here sometime. But I want to tell you something I've learned. It doesn't matter if I'm doing the highest or the lowest or somewhere in between. If I'm doing something for the kingdom, I need to do it as if I'm doing it for G- to Jesus Christ. If I'm cleaning a toilet, I need to clean it as if I'm doing it unto Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. If I'm witnessing to somebody on the street, I need to do it as if I'm doing it to Jesus. If I'm preaching the word as I'm doing it right now, I need to do it as if I'm doing it unto Jesus. Please hear me this morning. Members and attendees of this church, are you prayed up and ready for service when it arrives? Or do you just come in cold turkey? Do you just come in dry and and, and withered? Or do you come in prayed up and ready when you walk into the house of God? Members and attendees, are you faithful to God? Do you make church attendance a priority in your life? Do you give God your best? Or do you give God your least? Think about it. Do you give God your very best? Or do you give God the least that you have to offer? If some of these areas are not what they should be, you can start nurturing the new life that Jesus Christ gave you originally. What are you saying, Pastor? Some of the things I just mentioned to you are falling short in your life and they're not lining up. You can nurture the new life that Jesus originally gave you. Because understand, when you got saved and washed in the blood of the Lamb, He gave you a new life, newness of life. You became a new person. You became a new being. You became new and fresh in the Lord. And sometimes when we serve God, if we're not prayed up like we ought to be or ready to serve Him like we ought to, if we're not being faithful, if we're not attending the house of God, if we're not giving God our best and we're giving God our least, sometimes we need to go back and nurture the new life and let God do something fresh in us again. 
It doesn't necessarily mean that we got to go back and repent and get saved all over again. It means we got to go back and nurture the new life that God originally put in us and let that new life be an everyday part of who we are. And I want to just tell you while I'm here, God wants you to experience newness of life in Him every single day of your life. It was not just a one-time thing that happened when He came in to your life as your Lord and your Savior, but He wants you to experience it every day of your life. Now let's go back here. You may say, well, how do I do that? How do I nurture the new life? Well, let me give you some example here. Every time you yield yourself to God, you're nurturing the new life. Every time you spend time alone with God in your devotional time, you're nurturing the new life. Every time you worship God, you're nurturing the new life. Every time you open his word with a desire to learn more about him, you're nurturing the new life. Oh, I feel him in this room. Every time you listen to a sermon with the intent to be taught, you are nurturing the new life. Every time you say no to temptation, you are nurturing the new life. Oh, I hope somebody's listening to me this morning. I told you it's a different kind of word, but you got to hear me out. Every time you do something selfless, every time you serve another, you are nurturing the new life. Sometimes we got to nurture the new life so that we don't get in a mundane, stuck-in-the-rut place in our service with God. And I don't care who you are or how long you've been serving God or where you're at, if you're not careful, any of us can get in that place. Some of you may need to be, you may be there right now. Some of you may be walking through it in this moment, and you need to get out of where you are, start nurturing the new life. Start nurturing what Jesus originally gave you when he came into your life as your Lord and your Savior. Now let me take you a little further. Vision for ministry takes determined optimism. It takes determined optimism. If there's any place in the world where people should be positive, it ought to be in the church. Amen? Now I'm going to say something here It's not in my notes, and I probably ought to leave it out, but i got to say it. If there's any place that ought to be positive, it ought to be in the church. But there's more negative stuff goes through the church than ever before. There's more negative spirit, more negative attitude, more negative talk, more negative things goes through the church now more than ever before. You want me to tell you why? Because the devil's in an all-out attack to bring the church down and to destroy and to tear down. But I want to just stop and tell you something. Like they used to tell me when I was a little boy, if you can't say something good, don't say nothing at all. I could have left that one out, Rod. Oh, God. But if you can't say something good, don't say nothing. Keep your mouth closed. Amen? What we have to understand and what we have to realize is this. If anybody ought to be positive, it ought to be God's people. If anything positive ought to be happening, it ought to be happening in the church. But it's kind of like the world that we're living in today. The enemy has come in and he's warned and too many people are giving in to the devices of the enemy and letting him do what he wants to do. But God sent me by to tell you, it's time for you to take your place back in God and stand up and be the man or the woman, boy or girl, God called you to be. Quit being pushed around by the enemy. We're being pushed around by people 
I don't know why I'm saying this. This wasn't even planned in there. But I got to tell you while I'm here, the next time a gossip comes up to you and wants to bend your ear, you need to just stop them right there and say, I don't have time for this. I bless you in the name of Jesus and go on about your way. I didn't charge you nothing for that one. Our attitude determines the outcome of our success or our failure more than anything else in our life. Why attitude and not faith or something else? Attitude will shape the way we look at faith and it will have a negative attitude. I didn't say that the way I meant to say it. Attitude will shape the way we look at faith. If we have a negative attitude, is what I meant to say, we will also have a negative view of faith. If you have a negative attitude, you'll have a negative view of faith. If your attitude's not right, your faith won't be right. If your attitude's not in order, your faith won't be in order. Amen? It affects it. Therefore, there cannot be positive movement in our walk with God when we hang on to a negative attitude. Amen? You cannot move forward with God. You can't move in the positive of God. You can't move into the place of God when you're hanging on to a negative attitude. The best example is the nation of Israel refusing to move into the land of Canaan. You remember the story. God promised them to be with them, but because they viewed the situation in a negative manner, they refused to follow God because they went by what they saw and they went by what they understood more than what God had told them and what God had shared with them and what God told them that was theirs. They missed their opportunity and they did not follow God. How many times have we missed our opportunities when God has given us a promise or God has told us certain things and God has laid it out before us but because we start looking at what we see instead of listening to what God said and we start listening to what other people are saying instead of what God said and we start listening to what the devil said instead of what God said. How many times have we gotten in trouble because we've come to that place in our life? Let me just stop and tell you when God gives you a promise, get a hold of it and hang on to it with everything you got and give, oh God I feel him give it priority in your life the result of their refusing to follow God was 40 years wandering in the wilderness waiting for the negative faithless generation to die out they had to wait for the negativism to die they had to wait for the faithless generation to die the reality is that we must be determined to see the positive things God is doing and have a made-up mind to keep moving forward with God. Listen to me. As we move forward with God, there will come attacks from the enemy. We have to recognize these attacks and deal with them accordingly. You remember I said to you earlier in this message, I told you I'm going to take you one way for the first half, then I'm going to shift gears. We're going to go another way in the second. Well, here's part number two. We're going to shift gears right here, and I want you to stay close with me and listen to me. Don't let me lose you where we are. I've dealt with the church here. I've dealt with our, uh, how we see things, our attitude, our focus, our vision, what God has purposed and planned, and where we need to move forward in the Lord, and we've got to move accordingly with God. But I want to shift gears here for a moment and take you a different direction. I was listening to a message this last week by Stephen Furtick. I, and I picked up some very interesting things I'd like to share with you. I picked up some very interesting things that he said that I want to share with you this morning. 
And I want you to hear them very close as he gave them. And, and I'll just be honest with you, I started, I started typing down. I was, I was typing, I was going just as fast as I could go trying to keep up with certain things. But I want you to listen to this. This year, 2020, this year you need to see some things with your spirit you cannot see with your senses. Amen? You need to see some things with your spirit you can't see with your physical eye. You can't smell, you can't touch, you can't feel with your senses, but you can only see it through the Spirit of God. The reason this is important is because if you don't recognize where the enemy is attacking you the most frequently and ask God to give you insight into the places of your greatest vulnerability, you will spend all of your energy this year fighting battles you could have avoided if you would have learned the lessons you went through last year. And I just stopped and tell you before I go any further, there was a lot of things you went through last year, a lot of lessons of last year we can learn something from that will help us to avoid the battles that we might have to face this year. If we only address them by the things that we learned from what we walked through before. And I will just tell you, there's some very vulnerable places in every person's life in this room. And I don't want to get ahead of myself here, but there's some very vulnerable places in every person's life in this room, and the devil will work on you till he finds the most vulnerable places, and that's where he will attack you the most and the hardest. That's where he will come against you the most and the hardest. Isn't it upsetting to know you could have avoided a lot of your battles? that you fought if you had listened to what was on the inside instead of responding to what was on the outside? We do more responding on by what we see on the outside than by listening to who's speaking to us on the inside. We take more action by what we see and what we experience around us than listening to the one who's speaking to us in our heart, in our spirit, in our soul. That's why I said to you earlier, I'm asking God to help me, that he will help me to hear his voice like I've never heard his voice before, that he will help me to be intent to him like never before because I want to hear from the inside. I don't want to be drawn away by what I see on the outside. I want to be moving by the one who speaks to my spirit, which is the spirit of God. God wants to show you some things about himself and even about you that will cause you to be able to avoid some unpleasant places in your life this year. God would like to reveal some things to you about him that maybe you've never seen before. He'd like to reveal some things about you and yourself that you've never witnessed before, you never thought you had, or you never thought was a part of you. You never thought there was a part of your life. You never knew you had it in you. But he wants to reveal those things to you so that you might not have to walk through some of the unpleasant places that you've had to walk through before. We could avoid a lot of unpleasant places in our life if we would just listen to God and obey him when he speaks to us. Amen? We can avoid a lot of things in our life if we would just hear him and follow his voice. Some of the battles you fought last year were in places that you never should have been. But you were there because you listened to something else other than the voice of God. You were there because you heard something more than the voice of God. You heard something more than what was really important. There are certain places that you need to, and I'll just say this, there are certain places in your life this year that you need to stay away from. We have to be very careful where we go, not just with our bodies, but with our minds. 
Many times we're very careful about where we go in our body and we're very careful because we don't want people to see us there. We don't want people to see that we're in certain places or we don't want people to see that we did these certain things or we were there. But I want to tell you something. You better be very careful about where you go in your mind that nobody knows about but you and God. I hope somebody in this house is listening to me. I told you it's very different, but you got to hear me. You better be very careful about where you go in your mind when it's just you and the Lord. And nobody else is listening, nobody else knows, nobody else understands. What are you saying to us, Pastor? There are places of vulnerability that we have to be very careful with. Remember I told you earlier, everybody in this house has got places of vulnerability in your life. And the enemy will keep working on you till he finds your most vulnerable place. And that's where he will target and fight you the hardest. And let me just say to somebody in this room, don't think for a minute he cannot bring you down. If you don't stay where you need to be with God, he will. Did you hear me? If you don't stay where you need to be with God, he will. That's why I've commissioned you this year. Pray like you've never prayed. Spend time in the Word every day. Let the Word become a part of your life. Let the Word become a part of who you are. Because if you give place to the devil, he will find that place in your life and he will bring you down thereby. But if you give place to the Word of God and you give place to prayer and you give place devotion with the Lord, God will lift you up and God will bring you out. Let me get back to where I was. Have you lived long enough to recognize the places where you are most vulnerable? Have you lived long enough to recognize the most vulnerable places in your life? Let me just tell you, you don't have to, and and, and this is something Stephen said that really blessed me and got a hold of me, and I want to share it with you. He said this. He said, let me tell you, you do not have to go in to this year alone. You do not have to face your vulnerable places alone. Jesus sent the Holy Spirit that he might live inside of you and lead and guide you along the way in your life. You do not have to enter this year alone, but Jesus sent the Holy Ghost that he might go with you and be with you all the way. Wouldn't it be awesome to have someone on the inside of you? Wouldn't it be awesome to have somebody on the inside of your life, on the inside of you, that spirit of truth, that spirit of righteousness, the spirit of God who's telling you, don't go there, who's telling you, don't think that, who's telling you, don't complete that, who's telling you, cut off that conversation. Wouldn't it be wonderful to have somebody on the inside that's telling you, don't do that? But I'm going to just stop and throw something in while I'm here. I didn't mean to preach this long, but I'm just going to share my heart with you. So often he says don't, but we go ahead and do. Because what we want is more important to us than what he tells us. Too often what we want overrides what he's saying to us. That's why we wind up going through a lot of the things we go through in our life because we override the voice of God and we override the call of God and we override God.
God speaking to our life. Listen to me. God will show you where you can be to put up your guard if you will give him the opportunity. He will show you where to guard yourself. God can show you about yourself what he knows from the inside of you. God can show you what you do not know about yourself. God can show you what you do not understand. It's inside of you, but you don't know it's there. You're going to have to listen to the Spirit of God and let Him guide you. Somebody hear me. You're going to have to listen to the Spirit of God and you're going to have to let Him guide you in the year 2020. He will tell you, listen, this is something else He said that got my attention. I want to say it to you. He will tell you things that are very important and I want you, don't you listen to what I'm being telling you. If you'll listen to the Spirit of God, He'll guide you. He may tell you, don't turn that phone call. I could just pause there for about 30 seconds and let that sink in. If it's a phone call that came in to you that's not what it ought to be, you don't have to return it. He may tell you, don't return that text. I'm going to just tell you something. If God says don't call back, don't call back. God says don't text, don't text. I'm talking to somebody. He may tell you, don't even go there. God says, don't go there. You better not go. Let me tell you why. There are certain things you can't play around with. I'm going to get real with you for a minute. Don't everybody listen to me. There's certain things you cannot play around with. You can't play around with the devil and then ask God to deliver you from the devil you're playing around with. Amen? You can't play around with the devil and ask God to deliver you from the one you're playing around with. You got to be careful where you allow yourself to be and be careful what you play around with. Why? There are some places you cannot afford to go this year. There's some places in your life you cannot afford to go in 2020. Your soul cannot afford it. Your joy cannot afford it. Your peace cannot afford it. When the Holy Spirit lives inside of you, He can show you where the attack is. He can let you see where it is coming from. Wouldn't it be wonderful if some of the battles you fought last year you could avoid this year? Wouldn't it be wonderful that some of the battles you went through last year, you wouldn't have to walk through them this time. Listen, you can fight your battles this year by staying away from the places you know you should not be in. I'm going to throw another one in here. You can fight your battles this year by not hanging around the people you know you ought not to be hanging around with. You can fight some of your battles by not doing the things you know you ought not to be doing. And I want you to listen to this very closely. God will not strengthen you for a battle he did not call you to fight. God will not strengthen you for a battle he did not call you to fight. You have got to ask the Spirit of God what areas to avoid this year. Worship team be coming You've got to ask the Spirit of God what areas to avoid in your life this year. There was a lot of different things I would have liked to have done today. I don't normally tell you this a whole lot, but we had a prayer meeting this morning at 6 o'clock, and I laid my head on the pillow at 2.58 this morning. 
lot of this was still coming. Let me ask you another question. Are you a problem? We're going to shift gears again for a minute. Are you a problem for the enemy? I'm not going to scream it. I'm just going to say it. I want to sink it. Are you a threat to the enemy? Think about it. Do you give the devil fits? I know he gives you fits. But are you a problem for the enemy? Are you a threat? Listen to me. This is very important. If you never face any kind of resistance, it means the devil is not threatened by you at all. That's point blank. That's forward. I know, but please hear it. If you never face any kind of resistance from the enemy at all, it means the devil is not threatened by you at all. Resistance comes press in God. Resistance comes as you press in to the place God has designed for you. Resistance comes as you press in to find God in a deeper manner, in a deeper way than you've ever known Him in your life. The moment you begin to fulfill the purpose God created you for, the enemy will dispatch special forces against your life. The moment you begin to fulfill God's plan, the enemy will start attacking you. The reason you have had a lot of, listen to me somebody, the reason you've had a lot of the problems that you've had is because you are such a problem for the darkness because of the light that you carry inside of you through Jesus Christ. You've gone through a lot of the problems you've gone through because you have brought to the darkness the light of Jesus Christ and the devil hates the light that Jesus shines. And he hates the light that shines in you. He hates the light that comes forth from your life. you got to ask yourself the question, how do I know? Or let me just say this way. You may have asked yourself this question. And I thought about this when I was reading these, when I was going over this this morning. How many times have I asked myself these same questions? That's why I can bring them to you. You may have asked yourself these questions many times. How do I know God is using me? How do I know he has a great plan for my life? How do I know God has put a big calling on my life? How do I know God has something outstanding for my future? How do I know God has something very unique designed for me? Don't you listen to this. Don't you hear it. You can know the size of your calling by the size of the problem that you're going through. I want to be very careful right here. And I'm going to finish up with something else I heard Pastor Furtick say. And I want you to hear it very close, and I finish up with this. The enemy sent special forces for you last year, and he's sending them now. Why? Because you are right on the verge of breaking a generational curse. I'm talking to some people in this room. 
You've lived under a generational curse long enough. It's going to break with you. I'm talking to somebody. You've lived under a generational curse long enough. It's going to break with you. The enemy sent forces out to come against you because you're on the verge of breaking that generational curse. You're on the verge of drawing a dominant bloodline. And the enemy don't like it. I added to what he said there, you're on the verge of breakthrough. You're on the verge of being endued with power from God. The enemy doesn't like it. Therefore, he's dispatched every attack he can. And I want to leave it with you like this. Won't you stand to your feet all across the room? I would love to have ended it with a shout. This is the way I felt like God, God wanted to do it. You are a problem for the darkness. You are a problem for the enemy. You may not think you'd ever said this about yourself, but don't you say it with me right now. I am a problem. But I'm a problem for hell. I'm going to ask everyone in this room to come to the front of this building just for a moment. I want anyone to leave the house. We're about to do communion. So does anyone leave the house? Don't anyone leave the house. Come on in as close as you can. Father, I ask you now. To let your hand rest upon every individual standing before me in this room. God, some of them have went through such battles in the year 2019. That they feel so scarred. They feel so broken. They feel so empty. They feel so hurt. They feel so devastated. Many of them feel useless. Many of them feel powerless. God, they would never speak that. They would never say that. They would never voice it. 
deep down inside of them, that's the way they feel. Because, Lord, I'm going to be honest. There were some things I felt in myself as I ended the year 2019 that I wasn't pleased with. So I can say I know where some of them stand, and I can say I know where some of them are, and I can say I know where some of them are going, or where some of them have walked. But Father, this day as we enter into a new year, 2020, as we enter into a new decade, I ask you, Father, in this room today to reach down to where they are. And I ask you to put your hand upon their life and make such a transformation in them where they are. God, that they will not see things the way they have seen them previously. They will not hear things the way they've heard before. They will not sense things the way they've sensed before. And they will not understand things the way they understood before. And they will not acknowledge things the way they acknowledged before. But God, that they will have new insight. They will have new vision. God, that they will see differently. They will feel differently. They will respond differently. They will accept differently. And they will walk differently than what they have walked before. God, I pray for a complete transformation in the heart and the life of every person standing in front of me. God, there's men, women, boys, and girls that are standing in front of me that have been saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost. They're on the way to heaven. There are people standing in front of me, God, they've been saved. They haven't received the Holy Ghost yet. There's people standing in front of me, God, they're still trying to find their place. They're still trying to find their purpose. They're still trying to find your plan. They're still trying to find what you have for them. But I'm asking you this year, God, starting right now, I'm asking for a complete transformation in the life of each and every one, starting with me. Lord, let it start in me as the head. Let it start in me and let it trickle down through each and every one, a complete transformation in us. This year will not be the same. This decade will not be the same. God, we're going to start seeing and understanding things about ourselves and in ourselves that we did not know before. We're going to see things about who we are that we did not know we were. We're going to see things in us that we did not know was there. And we're going to understand things about our relationship with you, God, that we never understood before. And we're going to walk into deeper places than we've ever walked. And we're going to reach greater heights than we've ever reached. And we're going to touch you like we've never touched you. And you're going to touch us like you've never touched us before. Father, in the name of Jesus, right now, I ask you to reach down and put your hand on every person in this room for a complete, total transformation in their life. Right where you stand, lift your hands toward God. Come on, lift your hands toward God. Lift your hands toward the Lord. Lift your heart toward the Lord. Lift your faith toward God. Lift your emotions toward God. Lift your feelings toward God. Lift your heart and soul toward God. Lift everything about who you are toward God.
God. Lift your complete self.